2: Audio Media presents Young's Infinite City Created by Alex Dolan
3: Thank you for watching corkboard current temperature is 126 degrees fahrenheit 52 degrees celsius
2: corkboard whatever the news wherever you are
4: we're here today with the twin titans of natural law dr rosalind young and Ms. grace adamu dr young miss adamu thank you for joining us thank you happy to be here you're launching a new barge buggy today Tell us about the rhino. This is your baby.
3: All right, let's go back to the why of it all. One of the unfortunate consequences of working with scarcity is having to protect the resource that happens to be scarce. Barge buggies came about out of necessity. When bandits raided or bombed our facilities, ports, pipelines and transportation hubs, the most vulnerable points were and are the docks when the water is being extracted from the M3. When you're squeezing the sponge. Exactly. When we squeeze the sponge, there's a lot at stake. Bombs kill our people. They also cause significant damage to our facilities, which means we lose millions of gallons of water, destroy the M3 and damage the pipelines that get the water to the people who depend on it. In Los Angeles alone, it took us five months to get operations back up after the attack. So the buggies were born. The first one was the hippo. If you remember it, it was an amphibious vehicle that could escort a barge as it comes into a port and then climb onto land to safeguard the extraction process. Once we had enough artillery aboard the ships, we just needed ground support. So we introduced the next version of the buggy, which was designed for land only. The toro. Exactly. Named for the two horns on the front of the vehicle. Two battering rams. The Toro was a good bucky, but we underestimated the explosive power of sticky bombs and the new generation of landmines. We needed to fortify the armor and augment the firepower. The version we're launching today is tougher on the outside with more functionality inside. Plus, we only needed one battering ram. One that looks like a big horn.
2: Hence, the rhino. Even though no one's seen a rhino in decades, You could have named it the T-Rex. Maybe for version 4.0. I think you just like naming them. (laughs) (laughs) We're here with the prototype of the rhino. It's
3: impressive. Tell me what I'm looking at. As you notice, the most obvious thing about the rhino is the armor-piercing horn on the front. That punctures stone, steel, almost any alloy, really. You've got mecanum wheels so it can slide in any direction... Like a real rhino, it can turn on a dime and T-bone an attacking vehicle before it knows what hit them. At the right speed, this horn could scrap an entire vehicle and tear apart anyone inside. What's the old saying? The best defence is a good offence? We've got plenty of defence too. The vehicle's armour is the toughest on the planet. Tungsten alloy. Part of the engineering genius was creating the chassis that can support something this heavy. Nothing's going to penetrate the hole, other than a direct missile hit, and not just any missile. You'd need a city killer to get through this. And it cradles a gyroscopic interior, so if Godzilla himself flips it on its back, the crew inside won't flip with it. How many of these are you producing? We have an initial fleet of 12, with plans to produce another 60 by the end of the year. Will any of these be sold to other countries? We're taking orders right now. What's the price tag? We've got the world's most precious resource to protect, haven't we? This is literally a matter of life and death. We can't afford to nickel and dime.
4: I want to mention the difference between the outsides and the inside. From the outside, the rhino looks like this hulking... beast. We
3: wanted it to look intimidating.
2: Mission accomplished.
3: But the inside, it's... How do I say this?
4: Elegant? I've never experienced anything quite like it. You can see, well, everything.
3: Nothing like this has ever been built. It's truly a unique experience for the crew inside. Let's take a look.
4: Our camera crew is inside. What you're seeing now is actually inside the vehicle. The reason you're seeing the three of us is that, from
3: the inside, the rhino is, well, invisible. The interior is a composite made up of what the exterior sensors see. When you're in the stomach of the rhino, you can see everything around you, as if you were floating on air. We allow the crew to select what controls need to be visible. The drive controls, for example, or the weapon system. They can appear and disappear as needed. If
4: you're under attack, would that
3: sense of openness make a soldier feel exposed? On the contrary. Our operators tell us it gives them more visibility. So it improves tactical combat. Talk about the weapons. If you look along the outside here, you see the rhino's retractable pulse guns along each side. There are a few surprises, but I can't talk about everything. Can't give away the
4: secret sauce.
3: I wouldn't want to scare you. (laughs) Did you bring your skeleton key?
5: Wearing it around my neck, same as you. We can be twinsies. Why did I bring it?
3: Because your mother gave one to each of us. It might mean something. It might mean nothing. At the very least, there'll be good luck totems.
5: Can this go any faster?
3: It's made of tungsten, it's not a sports car.
5: You know this thing's gonna attract bandits.
3: It'll be their bad luck if it does.
6: Do you ever stop talking? Can you remind me why he's here? You need at least two people to operate the Rhino. Miss Adamu knows how to drive it. But you need someone to man the weapons systems. And it can't be some broke dick like you. I apologize for the language, ma'am.
3: Feel free to insult Dr. Fisher-Young all you want. I encourage it.
5: Grace, can you please address me by my legal name?
3: You were born with a special name. Your mother must have told you who you're named after.
5: John Dalton, the founder of Atomic Theory.
3: Goddamn right. How could you give that name up? Are we a sitting duck if we stay on the highway?
6: Not a lot of options, ma'am. The highway will be faster, the surface roads will be slower, and we'll be closer to houses and buildings. We're cutting through the abandoned suburbs. We don't know what's in those buildings, but it could slow us down.
3: Like you said, no one lives in these houses.
6: Sure they do. See that plume of smoke over there?
3: I can't see that far.
5: Take your goggles off.
3: It wouldn't help. I have a problem with distance vision in the daylight.
6: But you're the one driving. He's right about the smoke. It's man-made.
3: Why would someone live in an abandoned suburb instead of Metro Boston?
6: Because they can't afford it, Grace.
3: But where do they get water?
5: Some of them purify the sewage.
3: Which requires equipment that they... Where are they getting it?
5: In some cases, I give it to them.
3: I forgot, you and your Blue Ribbon Community Service. Someone's gotta do it. The highways are our only option then.
6: We get close to the abandoned homes, it's an unknown. We don't want to go completely off-road for the same reason. If we cut through the abandoned farmland, it makes us more visible and we don't have the traction we do on the highways. This is our best bet.
3: Should we be worried about all these wrecked cars and trucks on the side of the road? These are leftovers from bandit attacks, correct?
6: With all due respect, they're not the Rhino.
5: You sure this thing can't go any faster?
6: What exactly do you bring to this, anyway? Is there something magical in that duffel you hauled on board? Rations, first aid,
3: weapons? We've got all the weapons we need.
6: I brought low-tech guns. Nothing you'd like. You, You brought bullet guns? You got bottle rockets in there, too? Maybe a good book to read? How's your nose? When this is all over, we're gonna have words.
3: Mr. Van der Hayden, let's make him useful. Show him the weapons console.
6: Really? I can easily run the entire weapons system. Humor me. Alright, alright. Pay attention. We've got two weapons consoles. One for each side of the vehicle. Here, your console is visible now. Everything operates from that single screen. you're going to want to stick to these two. These are your short-range weapons, the equivalent of a handheld pulse gun. This here is a pulse cannon for wide blast and long-range targeting. I'm going to set this to auto-target for you. It's not as reliable, but I don't have time to teach you precision. If you have to use anything at all, use this. You'll see potential targets on screen and it'll auto-zoom. The system will alert you when it locks on a target, and you press the big red button on the screen. That doesn't seem hard at all. We almost never use the auto target, because it's easy to lock on the wrong target. Especially when the vehicle's in motion. It can fix on a tree instead of a bad guy. So we don't use this in any situation where there might be civilians. That's why I didn't want to show you this console at all. There's a good chance you're gonna hit nothing or hurt someone who shouldn't be hurt. The best thing you can do is nothing unless I tell you. What's this? P-prop. What's a... what's a P-prop? Projectile propellers. Each one about two feet in diameter. Titanium. Slices up metal. People. You get the idea? They require manual targeting, so ignore those. T-H-E-L? Tactical high-energy laser. Long-distance weapon. It can be operated through the auto-targeting system, but it's for something the pulse cannons can't reach. And what's this thing? Thresher. What's a thresher? Don't worry about that. Stick to the pulse weapons. And again, don't press anything unless I explicitly tell you to. Well, that was fun. I'm never using these. Excuse me? If we
3: come
5: under attack, we might need you. I'm not using these. Are you fucking kidding me?
3: You brought your own guns. What, are you squeamish?
5: There's a difference between shooting in self-defense and deploying weapons
6: that could level a whole town. You'll be singing a different tune if we come under fire. I thought you said the Rhino could withstand anything. You chicken shit. Let
3: it go, Mr. Van der Hayden. Let him sit and watch. That's what he's used to anyway.
5: I'm here because you wanted me here. That doesn't mean I'm gonna gun down people because this guy tells me to.
3: You'll change your opinion. All it takes is one sticky bomb. How many times did she take you to the city? Three times. How old were you?
5: Eleven, twelve, and fourteen. A long time ago.
3: Too long ago to remember it?
5: I remember the wall.
3: (sighs) It's about the only thing any of us have seen.
5: The pictures don't do it justice. Each of the sandstone blocks are probably the size of the rhino. It feels like a hybrid of the pyramids and the western wall in Jerusalem. It goes on forever. It's so big, if you're standing next to it, you don't notice the curvature.
3: What can I expect when we get there?
5: The nearest town is Amherst, and that's a ways away from the city wall. There wasn't much to the town when I was there. Downtown Amherst might have been uh, three blocks long. After that, there's nothing for a few miles. The first thing my mom did was clear-cut the forest around it. Then, well... You see the images. You come to a big giant gate with a huge padlock on it. I mean, it sounds crazy, but she built a padlock the size of a house, and that thing hangs off an anchor chain that a water barge would use. There were still traces of colonial settlements. There's an old colonial cemetery that she wouldn't build on. She took me through it once so we could read the gravestones together. She said it was important to honor the debt.
3: What about inside?
5: There wasn't much when I was there. She built a replica of the house in Cambridge, where I grew up. It didn't look exactly like our house. Something about it scared me. You were scared of your own house?
3: Mr. Van Daden.
5: There was a lot of construction when I was there. This constant racket of pile drivers pounding in foundations. Skeleton frames for what seemed like office buildings. Honestly, it was mostly a lot of dirt. It wasn't a place you'd want to live. It wasn't a place designed for a living. We never stayed there. She only took me on day trips and made sure we left before the sun went down. While we were there, we just visited construction sites. Do you think she'd go to the city if construction crews are still working? They'd spot her. Your mother shut
3: down construction two months ago.
5: I thought you didn't know anything about the city
3: It impacts our personal finances She shuts it down from time to time Almost like a ceasefire I have a mini celebration when she does For a couple of months Money stops bleeding out of our accounts
5: Says the second richest person In the
3: world If you grow up where I did Money's always on your mind
5: Maybe no one's actually there
3: Did she show you the security system?
5: There wasn't a security system when I was there The wall wasn't even complete. Have either of you heard anything?
3: Do you know anything about the security system, Mr. Van der Hayden?
6: Dr. Young asked me about the missile defense systems once. At that time, the context was about fortifying the loading docks. But the thing is, Dr. Young doesn't ever ask about our security systems. Miss Adamu heads that up.
3: Rosalind's never shown an interest. Whenever I bring up weapons, she changes the subject.
6: It's possible that she used the information I gave her for the city. (laughs) You didn't notice any missile
5: defense systems being shipped to Maine?
3: She's good at hiding her own work. She sources her own materials and cherry-picks the right teams to assemble them.
5: But you're you. You can find shell companies and track down materials transported to Maine. And I assume she cherry-picked natural law teams to build it all. How can something this big be a mystery?
3: Because she deserves her privacy. It's the one part of her life she can keep to herself.
5: Bullshit. Curiosity never got the better of you.
3: I looked into it once. Mr. Hayden headed up the search. We tracked some shipments. We matched up with scientists and crews who were absent around the time of those shipments. We never approached the staff because Rosalind would have gotten wind of it. But from the shipments, we could piece together a good assumption of at least one defense system.
6: And... We guess she has our Poseidon system. It's a mid-range missile defense system with enough firepower to take down most aircraft. Some applications in the field have used it for short-range ground targets. If you used it for that, it could destroy a medium-sized town. Can the Rhino withstand something like that?
3: Hopefully we won't have to find out.
6: No. This can't take a missile hit. I thought I remembered you saying
5: the Rhino could take anything weaker than a city killer. Was that just marketing?
3: This is the world's most formidable armored vehicle. We're safe.
0: As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. shopify.com slash realm
5: on a remote island in frigid lake
6: superior a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it ancestor by number one new york times bestselling author scott sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong available wherever you get your podcasts The road's going to cut through some abandoned farmland. Keep a lookout. Did you find any signs of Leviathan out here?
3: Here? No. <laughs> oh. We scanned the area and it was sad, really. Your average gang of bandits out here is pitiful. If they're lucky, they've got enough firepower to hunt animals. Someone shot down one of our drones when it got too close. But that's about the extent of the damage they can do. But there are some that have armories, they have vehicles. We've seen some bandits bury landmines. Some have missile launchers. If enough of them band together, their numbers make them more dangerous. If we come across enough of them, they might come after us like cavemen on a mammoth hunt. They can take out a normal truck, like the ones on the side of the road here, but not us, not in this.
5: Did you learn anything from Flora?
6: She's a corpse, remember? It's too soon for autopsy results. But the initial examination confirmed she's part of Leviathan.
3: How's that? You remember the masked man on the monitor?
6: That mask was branded into her back. We found the same mark on other bandits we've interrogated after the attacks in Busan and Los Angeles. They all claimed allegiance to Leviathan. So it has an international reach. Scary.
3: Several bandits modified their sequences, which also means they have money. Scarier. Frightening prospect, isn't it? These aren't just rogue gangs with duct tape rifles. They're organized and they have resources. I don't think anyone affiliated with them is going to be hunting down stray vehicles on a deserted highway.
5: You can really see everything from in here, can't you? The view is disorienting and I'm not sure how I feel about riding around in an invisible tank.
3: It's only invisible from the inside. You get used to it quick.
5: Look at all this. Remember seeing old pics of New England when the trees didn't look like sticks? Pine and maple trees with all their needles and leaves. You think we could ever get
6: that back?
3: Maybe when the glaciers freeze again.
6: We're about to cross into New Hampshire, How can you tell? The sign up there. It's covered in grime, but you can make it out. Welcome to New Hampshire. Live free or die. I can't see it yet.
3: There's something up there on the left, but I can't make it out. There's a tent encampment.
6: You can't see that far?
3: Do you want to talk about my eyesight or the potential threats ahead of us?
6: I don't see anyone. They're probably inside during the midday heat and come out when it's dark. Any weapons? Nothing out in the open. What do you feel when you see that? Is there any compassion in there? You want to stop so you can give them some Traxador?
3: I can't focus on a single encampment. There's more at stake.
6: They're hungry and desperate. They're the people who Natural Law should care about. If they wanted our help, they'd live near the pipelines. Listen to you both.
3: We literally have the world to save.
5: It takes a special kind of hubris to think you can save the world. You expect three people are going to impact the lives of 10.3 billion? You've seen what happens when you try. You get natural law.
3: Your juvenile nihilism makes me want to slap the shit out of you.
5: That's sobering.
3: You see that up ahead? How many times do I have to tell you I can't see distances?
6: Leave it alone.
5: It's a skeleton. Not even a full one, it's missing a leg. The clothes were stripped and there are only a few rags left. The leg was probably eaten.
3: If you ever wonder why I'm doing this, it's because of that skeleton. If this all goes tits up, you can expect more
6: of that. We've got bandits.
3: Tell me what you see.
6: Three, six, nine, twelve, thirteen vehicles. Some covered, some open top. Heavy guns on all of them. They're coming in fast.
3: They're all gasoline engines. Where are they getting gasoline out here?
6: Abandoned rigs
5: and refineries. You know how to operate the right equipment. You get gasoline. God, they look so
6: young. They're almost on us. Can you go faster?
3: The Rhino isn't built for speed. Incoming! Christ!
6: We're all right. It grazed the top of us. All the sensors are intact. Ma'am...
3: Not yet, Mr. Van der Hayden.
6: You can see those things coming right at us. Another one coming! Missed us! Ma'am! Three more!
3: Mr. Van der Hayden, return fire, please.
6: Selecting short-range pulse. Two vehicles down. They're too far apart to get more at the same time. They're tossing something at us! Damn it! Sticky bomb! Something's wrong with the left side. It knocked out the sensors on the left side. Ma'am, we've got a blind spot on the entire left side. I thought you said this thing was built for this. Ma'am. Grace! Grace! Wake the fuck up! Turn so we can see them through the right side. I'm back. I'm not getting all of them. They outfitted the covered vehicle with shields to deflect the pulse. They've got that kind of tech?
3: Tactical laser?
6: We're too close. Taking out the thresher. Is that... an actual thresher? Yes, it's a titanium thresher. A 20-foot blade with fully extended. I need to focus. Please. You just... sliced through that truck
5: and... and the and the people that's what a thresher does
6: convoys moving away they're out of the range of the thresher damn it they're back to the grenades
3: let me show you what this was built for it can spin like a top you're going to ram the side of it it was built to do exactly what a rhino does why do you think we gave it a wall
6: That man, he just... he just burst. Three more coming at us, dead on. Grace, wait.
5: What have you done?
6: They're fleeing. Can't have that. But fleeing's good. We, we want them to flee. If we let them go, they'll get more. Ma'am, permission to take care of Grace, me. let them go. We don't need to do this.
3: We still have a long drive. We can't risk it.
6: Grace, please! Ma'am, we need to act. Proceed. Tactical laser selected.
3: Close your eyes if you need to.
6: Locked and firing.
3: Is there anything left?
6: I'm scanning. What are you scanning
5: for? Heat signatures? Everything's on fire.
3: It's scanning for human biomass.
6: I've got a visual on the monitor. One body pinned under the chassis. Dead. One of them made it. He's barely walking. But he made it out. I don't need the laser for this. Now that he's out in the open, I can get him with the pulse cannon. Grace, stop this. You can see his face on the monitor. He's unarmed. He's he's barely standing. Mr. Van de
5: Hayden,
3: tell me what you see.
5: He's got a steel fragment running through his chest.
3: He's already dead. Those injuries aren't going to heal, the heat is going to dehydrate him, and he's going to bleed out staring up at that terrible sun. You want that for him?
6: We could bring him on board! We don't have time for that.
3: He's beyond medical attention. Sans can do a lot of things, but it can't fix that. You know it's mercy. Mr. Van der Hayden. Please. Imagine a whole world
2: like this. Young's Infinite City was created by Alex Dolan, produced by Alex Dolan and Audio Media, and co-written by Alex Dolan and Vince Dejani. Starring Gavin Bentley as Charles Davis, Maria Belay as Grace Adamu, and Emma Sherjarko as Rosalind Young. Also featuring performances by Bill Roberts, Wynne Manning, Juliette Angeli, Zygmus Dobilauskas, Kristen Udowitz, Andrea Richardson, Nero Scott, Jez Sands, Ray Hurd, Byron Kerr, Georgia McKenzie, Mark Allen, Chris Harris-Beachy, Akshdeep Singh, Paul Green Dennis, and Jason Webb. Sound design by Oliver Morris and Chris Harris-Beachy. Line layout and QA by Chris Harris-Beachy. Mixing and mastering by Brad Colebrook. For more information, visit www.infinitecity.net or www.alexdolan.com.